Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. I'm Liz Lenevy, and today I'm joined by Amy Gunn and Elizabeth McNulty. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. So for today's episode, we thought we might kind of piggyback off of an episode that we recently recorded, and that was the episode that we did with Erica about what we tell people when they ask us, should I go to law school? And I don't think that was a downer of an episode, but it maybe was a little bit harsher than the usual optimism that I think we typically have about our jobs. I think that that conversation was especially poignant because Elizabeth and I, as well as Mary, who unfortunately couldn't make it today, recently went to one of the local law schools and conducted what is known as on-campus interviews, OCIs, where we had an opportunity to interview several law students who are hoping to get a clerkship with our firm for the next summer. These are all recent 2Ls. And I I'm not going to lie. I had left that session of OCIs feeling incredibly re-energized. I had a weird little pep in my step as I was leaving the law school, thinking about the conversations that I had had, the people that I had met, and just sort of the pride that I have in my job and also the place that I work and the, the people that we work for. And I thought that this might be a good conversation for us to have because, Elizabeth, I know that you had said you had sort of a similar feeling. Um, and Amy, you uh, oftentimes mentor and are speaking with law students. And I know that you seem to have a, a similar feeling as well when you leave those conversations. Yes. And so in particular, I remember there was one moment in one of the interviews where I, I can't remember quite what the law student had asked me, but it was something along the lines of, can you tell me um, about your job and, and why you like your job? And I launched into sort of my my elevator pitch about the Simon Law Firm and, and the work that we do and the clients that we represent. And, and I sort of started it with the same sentence I, I start, I think, all of my answers with, which is we really pride ourselves on the fact that we are trial attorneys. We're not just attorneys. We're trial attorneys. And that means we take cases to trial. We're willing to go to bat for our clients. We'll take it all the way. We understand the risks and we understand the work and we're still willing to do it because it's it's kind of just in our blood. I think that trial attorneys, and I've heard this from other people too, we are a different breed. And I could feel myself as I was talking and kind of just going on and on, I could kind of feel my, my back straightening up a little bit. And I, I was feeling a lot of I don't know, sort of amazement at the work that we do, because really sometimes when you reflect on the things that we have to accomplish day by day, week by week, month by month, and as the years go by, it is pretty incredible. And I joked with this law student at one point that I, you know, I, I apologize. I'm kind of I feel like I'm just going on and on and maybe I'm getting a little high on my own supply here, but it's it's genuine. And so kind of juxtaposing that conversation and that feeling with the conversation that we had had previously where I revealed that I don't always encourage people to go to law school. I, I thought that that might be a, an interesting point of conversation for today. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. And it was funny because I did the interviews after you did and I came back to the office and we chatted about it and I shared, you know, how it made me feel and like it re-energized me about like this profession, our jobs, and you felt the same way and we hadn't talked about it. And I just, I thought that was funny that we took the same kind of feeling away. And I think kind of the difference between talking to people who just kind of are interested in going to law school and talking to, you know, someone who's in law school is the students that are in law school kind of see how hard it is already. And so they have that appreciation and it's more of like a realistic journey for them at this point. And so talking to them is almost like a little bit easier because they put some of the work in and they have also an appreciation for what we're already doing, which I think a lot of people do, but it's not lost on them how difficult this is sometimes. And then for me, at least, it doesn't feel that long ago that I sat in their shoes and was going through what what they're currently going through. And I can vividly remember when all I ever wanted was to be an attorney here. And so I think looking back and realizing how far I've come, and this is what I always wanted to do and having that kind of dream realized kind of puts into perspective and how you can get lost in like some of the challenges that this job presents. And it's important to remember how vital the work we're doing is and how rewarding it can be even when it's hard to do. One of the women I interviewed, she was like, oh yeah, you clerked there, right? And I was like, wow, this person did research on me. Like that feels (laughs) crazy because like I still feel like a student sometimes. So that was, that was wild. When we talked about this topic before we started recording, I was not at the interviews and I haven't done those interviews in a really long time. But what you described feeling, Liz and Elizabeth, to sharing your story with these young soon-to-be lawyers reminds me of when I have the opportunity to teach at a trial college or just mentor a young lawyer. And it is exactly that, Elizabeth. What we do is hard. It's almost all-encompassing, as encompassing as you'll let it be. It drains you physically and mentally. And there are times, which we've discussed on this podcast, that you wonder why you do it. And when you can take a moment and put yourself in the shoes of someone like those law students or a young lawyer or someone striving to be a trial attorney like us, it is reinvigorating. And it reminds you, it reminds me of how lucky I am to have the opportunity to be in this profession and to be at the highest level, which is where we are. And appreciate it a little bit. So instead of walking out feeling kind of deflated and, dare I say, defeated on some days, you're reminded why you were enthusiastic about it and seeing it through the eyes of someone who you were, in my case, a long time ago, and in y'all's case, not that long ago, (laughs) is refreshing. Literally, like I feel refreshed. And I remember thinking about things I like to do, and I've tried to keep a little journal. What do I, what did I like about today? What did I not like about today? Just really trying to be analytical about what I still enjoy about this profession. (laughs) 
And inevitably, it would be not that depot or, you know, that court appearance, although those can be uh, rewarding. But it was almost always that lunch with that young lawyer, particularly women lawyers, or this podcast, or something where you can really sit back and feel like you've accomplished something. Because when you get to tell a story, you get the addiction to it, right? You get the addiction to when lawyers tell war stories. And you find yourself, I mean, hearing them over and over again and I cue the eye roll. But when you're kind of on the other side of it and you've got your own stories to tell, it suddenly makes sense why you want to tell them or you understand why the lawyers want to tell them because it's like, and if you're able to share that really difficult experience or story with someone and feel like you're actually helping them, either in terms of here's the path, you don't have to walk it alone. Here's the path. It's been done before. And giving them some level of confidence or familiarity so it's not quite as shocking to them as when they go through it, then that's a good day. It's a really good day. And I think that's what y'all experienced. I think it was a nice reminder, too, because the nervousness I could see in the law students, and I know I was the same way. Of course. Right. We're all we're all so awkward. We're all I'm sure palms are sweaty, like stomachs don't feel good. You're like, is my breath bad? Everyone's just nervous. And I still vividly remember that. I still have nightmares about it sometimes. Uh, But being able to have those conversations with people and kind of just letting them know, you know, hey, everything's going to work out. I I know you don't think it right now because I was in your shoes a couple of years ago where I felt a ton of uncertainty. Did I make the right decision going to law school? Did I make the right decision choosing this career for myself? What's going to happen to me after I finish school? And being able to let people know, like, this was the path that I took. Everyone's path is a little bit different. But at the end of the day, you will find the place where you need to be. But you're taking the right step right now by by figuring out what it is that you want to do. Because that's one of the questions I always lead off with, which is just tell me about yourself. Why'd you go to law school? And, and what, what do you see yourself doing? And it really is impressive to me whenever I see these young people that have have so much like laid out for themselves, plan for themselves. And I'm sure we were all that way. Mm-hmm. I think we sometimes forget how ambitious we were before we had the successes that we've had now coming into our career. And it was just, it was a really nice reminder. And, and in particular for me, all of the students I spoke to yesterday, at least in my time block, were first-generation law students. I don't, I've been helping with these interviews for the last couple of years here. I try really hard to to help with that process. I think being a former clerk, I have a vested interest in these people. And also being a first-generation law student myself, I want to, to you know, hopefully I can, I can be someone that they can look to and say, like, okay, she didn't have that network, but she's able to make it happen for her and, and provide that advice and, and, you know, establish that, that relationship early on. And yesterday, though, sort of getting off track a little bit, but yesterday— was the first time in the past several years that I've done these interviews where I had all first-generation law students. And Elizabeth, I don't know what the the breakdown may have been for you, um, but it seems, at least going through our applicants, that many of them were first-gen. I think mo- more the, more so than I've had in, in years past, which I, I don't know what that may be 
indicating in the legal fields about who's, you know, coming into the practice. But it's something that was really exciting for me to see people sort of forge their own paths for themselves, especially, you know, I think I had at least one or two people who they were the first person in their family to go to college. Mm -hmm. And that's just really incredible for me to get to see someone breaking through that economic barrier and sort of maybe exceeding what others may have expected of them. So it, it, it was a wonderful experience and something that that's another reason why I want to do these interviews every year is because it is a, a nice opportunity for me to get a reminder of how lucky I am and, and how far I've come. I had another experience where I got to talk to some some incoming 1Ls a few weeks ago. Wash, you did like a, a pre-orientation for law students who are first generation or from marginalized communities or from just different backgrounds who might have a more difficult transition coming into law school to just kind of get a leg up. So it was like their second day of this pre-orientation. So many of them had just moved to St. Louis. They'd been here for maybe two days and you could just feel the anxiety in, in the room. And I, I mean, I remember vividly like that, that moment and how that is. You're just like in a room full of strangers and it's really stressful. And, you know, being on the other side of it, I almost I could feel their anxiety. And I also felt a little anxious because you just know what's ahead of them and how kind of it's difficult. Like law school isn't an easy thing to do. And I was able to talk to them and kind of, you know, I'm I'm very honest with them and just kind of like give them some advice of like, it's going to be okay. You're going to figure it out. You got here. And that's kind of the hardest part. You just got to keep doing what you were doing. And I could tell that like the networking of it was kind of getting to some of them. And it's like, hey, you're going to have to do this for the rest of your career. So you're just going to, you know, buckle up, but you'll get used to it. And the secret is, is that no one likes to network. So just, <laughs> yeah, just pretend all. and you'll be okay. Like the rest of it. Yeah. So <laughs> But it's so I find it so refreshing. And just to remember, like how, like you said, Liz, how far you've come and how, I don't know, I guess the growth that I've experienced in the past several years and day to day, it doesn't feel like it. I still feel like a, you know, a 1L sometimes. But then you remember that, you know, you're a real lawyer now. And that <laughs> sometimes that's crazy. But it's such a privilege to be able to do this job and to I feel like it's it's a duty really to talk to students and tell them all of the the great things that this this profession has in store for them. I'm just always amazed at how many people think mentoring and taking the time to do these interviews or to go to these orientations. I mean, people just think it's just a nuisance. We talk about mentoring, everybody's like, yeah, 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 I've got programs put together. And they think of it as only benefiting the mentee. And what that tells me is they've never been a mentor, ever. Because if they had been a true mentor, they would know that it's a mutual benefit. When I gave my speech this summer for the MATA presidency, I had a little paragraph. And instead of just trying to recreate it, I, I'll just say it. For those of you who don't take the time to teach or mentor younger lawyers, I'm sorry you haven't done that. I know you're busy and have many things pulling you in every direction, but when you get a note from a young lawyer that you have mentored that says, 
Thank you for making me want to be a great trial lawyer. You understand why we do it. It gives us one more reason to be proud. And that's what I mean. If you're not availing yourself, if you're not offering yourself to be a mentor in any capacity, even if it's just to younger lawyers in your own law firm, I do feel sorry for you because you're missing this joy and this satisfaction that we're all talking about today. Sure, it takes time, but I have never walked away from a lunch or, or a presentation or, or whatever the ask is without feeling proud of what I've accomplished and thankful for the opportunity to have accomplished it. So I just encourage all of our listeners who are in any way able to give back to their profession or to their community. And it doesn't just have to be if you're a lawyer to a young lawyer. Go to a, a government class. Go to a civics class. Find out what opportunities are. Because if you think you're going to get, you know, admiration, and let's face it, that's part of it, right? People are admiring you. And if you're telling me trial lawyers in particular don't like to be admired, you're lying <laughs> to me and to yourself. So that's part of it. But if you think you can be admired for, by a law student, think about a high school student who has some kind of thought that they want to be a lawyer someday. Walk into that classroom, have a conversation with that person, and tell me that you're not filled with pride, with the ability to have some way to impress upon that person how special this. So I do encourage our listeners to seek out these opportunities. They are so well worth the time that it takes. You will take away more than you give. And that's that's all there is to it. I think it is the these different roles that we fill as a college trial or a trial college mentor doing the orientation or going to the interviews or even just within our firms, the relationships that we build with our law clerks here. I look at it as I will get out of it as much as I put in. So if I put in the effort to mentor this person, to care about this person, then I'm going to get just as much back for myself in that that good feeling. But also sometimes, you know, you learn from these people as well. I can I learn just as much from my clerks as I can teach them as long as I'm open to it. I remember this is at least 10 years ago, and I may have told this story before, where I was asked to return to SLU Law to be on a panel for the Women's Law Association, like a lunch and learn. And I was on the panel with an, a lawyer who was in her, I'm going to say, 70s, a true, I mean, at that 10 years ago, a lawyer, a woman lawyer in her 70s was a, a trailblazer without question, and she definitely was. A woman who was probably mid-50s, and then I, this is maybe more than 10 years ago, because my kids were young. And I felt humbled by being on that panel with my co-panelists. And I thought, what the hell am I doing here? I'm just, uh, you know, struggling every day to try to get out of bed and get the kids places. And, you know, we just described who we were, a little bit about our practice, a little bit about our lives, and then took questions from the women in the audience. They were first and second year, well, I guess first, second and third year law students. 
And the vast majority of questions were to me. And can you guess what the topic was? Work-life balance. Yes. Because (laughs) I was, good work. I was the closest to them in terms of age where they could see themselves. And I walked away shocked by that. And it pointed up to me how much and how necessary it is to be a role model, to be a mentor, to simply do it every day, to set an example to younger women that it can be done. Can it be done great? Well, that's, I don't know about that, but it can be done. And I won't, rem- I won't forget that because I think it was the first, one of the first times, this may have been 15 years ago, this was one of the first times that I kind of had a feeling that, that you all were describing, which is, holy crap, I might have something to offer. I might have something to offer these folks. And it felt great. And so that's why I really encourage, don't think that you can't be a mentor just because you've only been in law school a couple of years or that maybe you're only in law school, because there are many people behind you who are seeking answers to their questions. And they're not just questions about, I mean, they're very rarely questions about the law, (laughs) right? We can all read books and figure out what the law is. But it's more about how do you do it? How do you do it? And that goes back to one of the reasons why we love this podcast, right? Because we have an opportunity to share our experiences. I was talking to Nathan, my son, who's now a senior in high school, I don't know, about a year ago. And we were talking about going to some kind of event that we needed to go to. And I'm pretty sure I was probably complaining because I love the idea of mentoring and and participating in these things, but my style is much more one-on-one. I'm going to go to lunch with somebody every time. If you ask me to go to a big old networking dinner or big old networking thing, I'm going to go. I'm not going to love it unless I'm in the corner with one person and spend an hour with that one person, and then I'm in love with it. But I think I was talking to Nathan about you know, go, having to go to an event that I apparently wasn't very happy about. And he's like, why? Why, why wouldn't you want to go to that event. I think it was an event where there were, it wasn't like a women's lawyer event. It was probably an event where, quite frankly, there were going to be a lot of lawyers that I didn't know very well and maybe don't always look like me. You know what I'm talking about? The boys. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, it's like when you go to a party and there's only old people you know, and defining old to be like me, okay? Right. It's like when you walk in a room and all you see is old people, are you excited about being there? And he was like, yeah, no. You want to go to a party where you see people that look like you who are your friends, right? Right. And so I really, I think it's so important that we're at the table, that we're at the party, that we're showing up on the panel. Because if you walk in the room and you see yourself, you're much more comfortable there and you're much more likely to stay and to go the next time. And I think we all take that very seriously. And so again, listeners, it go to that, go to that party, go to that event, 
pull yourself up to that table and be the person that other younger people can look up to and can aspire to be. It really matters. Just like yesterday when I was leaving the OCIs feeling a little bit more energy and excitement about my job, this conversation has reinvigorated me a bit as well. And to reiterate what Amy said, get involved, find a mentor. It doesn't matter how old you are. In fact, I would think that maybe being one, two, three years at a law school, you're in a prime position to be a mentor to a law student because you still remember very vividly, I'm sure, what that experience was like. So thank you to all of our listeners for joining us in this episode. Remember, new episodes drop every Wednesday and you can reach out to us at heelsinthecourtroom.law. Thanks so much. Bye. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by The Simon Law Firm. At The Simon Law Firm PC, we believe in the power of pooling resources in order to create powerful results. We often lend our trial skills and experience to lawyers around the country to achieve better results for their clients. Our attorneys welcome the opportunity to work with you on your case, offering vast resources, seasoned litigators, and a sterling reputation. You can contact us at 314-241-2929. And if you enjoyed the podcast... Feel free to share your thoughts with Amy, Liz, Erica, Mary, Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law. And subscribe today because the best lawyers never stop learning.